there's got to be a morning after. If we can hang on, that's the wrong boat. That's from the Poseidon Venture. Today, we'll be talking about the Potemkin Adventure, a.k.a. Battleship Potemkin, a.k.a. sometimes when it's feeling saucy, just Potemkin, like Shakira <laughs> or Faulkner. That's just my way of saying hello and welcome to Cannon Fodder. I'm film critic Daniel Barnes. With me, as always, is my good friend, fellow cinephile, comedy legend, and, you know, just a good dude. His name's Corky McDonald. Uh, I, yeah, I like fellow cinephile. We, we, are, we are fellow travelers in the cinephile world. We're all just here on this journey, man. Yeah. We're on the road together. I've brought my I'm cinephile. Sure. I've baked it into a little cinna cake. <laughs> and I'm going to break myself out of my cinna jail. Bindles made of old nitrate film clips. <laughs> uh, highly flammable. Uh, really should watch out People for People check out my old YouTube channel, the, F- the Film Hobo. That's what I would go by, The Film Hobo. And it's just me and you know, a, a jacket with patches, looking like Tom Waits, standing around a, a barrel fire, talking about the old movies, you know, yeah. like the, the greats. There's a song on Bruce Springsteen's The Ghost of Tom Jode about you. I, I do believe, mm, yeah. if I'm interpreting that song correctly. You know, he said he was going to write that about me. <laughs> He'll do that. Corky here on Cannon Fodder, of course. We're tearing through the cinematic canon, just ripping and shredding and taking no prisoners along the way. We don't take prisoners. I'm sorry. We execute the prisoners. Yes. Just heads up for that right away. It can get really ugly. It can get Potemkinish. We're doing it one random... It'll get a little Potemkin on your ass. And we're doing it randomly. One random selection at a time. And at the end of our last episode, of course, the random number generator gods, the hallowed random number generator gods. And I should add, I don't believe I've mentioned it. Listeners at, at home... The random number generator—that is your new god. I just want—I didn't know if I made that clear. And you should be worshiping it as, as such. Like, I do, and I don't know your own personal predilection, but however you worshipped your old dead gods, that's that's how you know we 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 kind, of, we kind of made it easy to onboard. Yeah. However you would like whatever animals you were sacrificing, whatever chants you were chanting. You go ahead and do the same thing, but you just do it for the random number generator gods. We've made it so easy for you. So easy for you. Easy adapters. It's always about the consumer with us, mm-hmm. right? It's always about the user and and killing uh, their gods yes. and, and replacing them with new gods, I, I should add. It's about the user. That's a user experience. People are like, what the fuck is this podcast about? <laughs> Corky, last week, the random number generator, the gods that came down from the heavens, they bestowed us, bestowed us with Battleship Potemkin. This is the landmark silent drama by Soviet filmmaking legend Sergei Eisenstein. Premiered December 21, 1925, produced by Mo's Film. And much like the film we reviewed in our previous episode, Bicycle Thieves, this is a pillar of cinema history. I mean, this is a... A, a film history class staple. It is the, it's considered the, the ideal example of montage editing, of having invented and influenced, uh, invented so many things, influenced so many films and so many filmmakers. 
And like Bicycle Thieves, it was in the very first Sight and Sound Critics poll in 1952. It ranked number four. It placed 54th in the most recent poll. Ah. So still considered, you know, a, a pillar of history, even here uh, 70 years later. The film dramatizes a real event, a very important event in Soviet history, concerning a 1905 mutiny aboard the Russian battleship Potemkin. However, the most famous scene in the film, the much-referenced, much-stripped Odessa Steppe sequence, was not a real event, which I think speaks to this film, of course, as a magnificent piece of propaganda, not just a great piece of uh, editing, but a great piece of uh, propaganda, which I'm sure we'll discuss. I mean, you want to go fuck up a Cossack after watching that scene. <laughs> you just like want to go and like look around, like walk the streets, just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Don't, don't you come up in your summer whites right now, bro. You're like Dennis Farina in Snatch. All you can just <laughs> mutter is Cossack. Cossack. <laughs> it was commissioned originally to commemorate the 20th anniversary of the first Russian Revolution, which this mutiny was part of. And the original script included eight episodes from that era. The movie was assigned to 27-year-old Sergei Eisenstein, who quickly realized that was not going to happen. The scope <laughs> was far too ambitious. You want to get it out by the 20th anniversary? Not happening, guys. So he decided to focus solely on the Potemkin story, although there are allusions made to other things that would have been covered, like this. there's a mention of like Russian prisoners in Japan. That would have been covered. They really focused on the Potemkin sequence instead. Film premiered, you know, had its screenings for key figures, and then it was pretty much dismissed. Again, this is sort of a Rashomon thing. It, it, they didn't really think, let's give it a release in Russia. This was a movie made to appease political forces. And like Rashomon, it might have been lost to time if not for an intervener. In this case, it was poet Vladimir Mayakovsky, and he insisted the film get distributed overseas in none other than Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Pickford were instrumental in helping the film find American distribution. They visited Moscow in 1926. And, of course, it's a very powerful piece of filmmaking. It's very forceful in its political message. So it was inevitably cut, recut, redubbed, and censored, and uncensored, and recensored over the years as the politics changed. Um, but a full restoration was conducted in 2004. I think that's the cut we see today. I'm pretty sure that's... I mean, I'm trusting Criterion to give us the best stuff here. Sure. But Corky, that's enough about politics. Let's get down to brass tacks. This movie is really best known because it's a technical masterwork. It is absolutely stunning. It's just one stunning sequence after another. He's pushing the boundaries. And it's not like he's the only person who ever thought like, oh, I'll use editing to like, you know, manipulate people. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, yeah, but. He's he's really pushing the boundaries here. I mean, the rhythmic cutting, these powerful um, like contrasts where it'll go from this long shot to a close up, from this very disorganized feeling frame to a very organized frame. I mean, it's from high shot to low. uh, It's really amazing. Um, um, Were you bothered by its you know its status as uh, this kind of groundbreaking piece of political propaganda that is so obviously designed to like make heroes of certain figures and uh, or were you able to just appreciate it on that like purely technical level like how did this movie affect you yes it worked on me yes i can recognize that this is a masterwork a technical masterwork and it's 100 years old so these are god these are new techniques at the time or just developing the established techniques the just new established techniques and and really perfecting them it's like you say he wasn't the first one to edit to convey 
uh, emotion, space, that kind of stuff. But, you know, Michael Jordan wasn't the first guy to think, like, I'm going to jump really high this time. <laughs> you know, but he just did it so much better than everybody else and set the precedence for how it comes yeah. afterwards. Eisenstein, uh, you know, it's cliche to say, but he was in his bag on this one. Like, no, right. the two things I really took away from this was, and I hope this was the original soundtrack because it, it just blew me away. Like, it's, it's a silent movie. You get screen cards telling you what they've been saying or telling you what the emotion is supposed to be. But the music conveys that. Even if you watch this movie with your eyes closed, you could tell what part of the movie you'd be at. You know what I mean? If you had seen the movie before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the soundtrack and then the editing... About halfway through, I realized what the editing was doing, that there's a rhythm to it. Yeah, it worked on me. Did I, was it bothered that it was agitprop? No, because we're so far removed from it. Maybe it would bother me if I was living in that time and I didn't quite cotton to what was going on, you know? <laughs> What's really interesting is it worked so well, Stalin ended up censoring it and oh, making right. it not be shown because he thought it was so powerful. <laughs> It might inspire a revolution against his regime. <laughs> Another revolution, I know. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it is just, it truly, truly powerful. And and powerful because it is such a powerful piece of, of uh, as we said, um, technical fi- filmmaking. It's like impeccable on, the, on a technical yeah. level. And the editing is amazing, partly because the cinematography is so amazing. The framing is just absolutely stunning and it's crazy <laughs> like it's crazy how dangerous everything looks like, i know even just the simple like where like all of the boats are gathered around the battleship i'm like give a little space there's like 50 boats <laughs> that are all just like trying to occupy the same space when people are running down the steps that's just like it's amazing and it's like it's i i'm i'm very glad you know that we live in a time where on set safety yeah is taken seriously and where there is significantly less, I mean, exploitation, not no exploitation, but less exploitation of people and of animals. But that's why older films are like just so amazing. You will never see anything like this. You'll you'll see people try to fake it yeah, with CGI or with whatever else. You will never see a thousand people streaming down a, 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 this endless flight of steps in absolute right. terror. I mean, it's it, there's nothing that you'll ever see like that. And it's just, it's an amazing uh, film. And I think like all great movies, especially all great old movies, all of the elements of the movie are working together. This is another reason why I think it's just such a powerful piece of filmmaking. Like when you think of the parts of a movie, you think of like the story, you think of the characters and this sort of world building. You think of like the the aesthetic elements, the sounds and the the images, and then you think of like the the message of the movie, the the symbol of it. You know the, what it's trying to get across. In it, these great old movies, they're all working together. Nothing is working on its own. I mean, and this really is like the communist aesthetic too, right? Is that all of the pieces of the film are supporting each other. Nothing is sure, above that's... anything else. It's always like all the, every technical thing is to get the symbols across, but the symbols are helping, you know, 
tell, tell things about the characters and the characters, you know, it's all working in unison together. Nothing is fighting each other. It's, it's just working like this absolutely no. beautiful piece of machinery. And it's also that comedy. That's a great damn point. And that's also the communist spirit of there's no like central star. There's mm-hmm. no central performance. There's no central character arc. That's not what this movie is. It's, it's just a story. And everybody in it is, except for one champion who dies, you know, halfway through. Um, it's all about just like the community coming together and nobody shines above each other. That we're all for one, one for all. Literally, they say that a few times. Mm-hmm. It's also got that communist spirit of like grand. Everything's big on a big scale. There are some shots in this where I'm, it blows me away. It's 100 years ago. They're working on something up close, watching people file in the line. Yet in the very distance, there's these like Roman aqueduct type structures. There's people walking along that. And it's how many thousands of people were in this shot? Yes. Or the the shot of the crowds like gathering uh, uh, around the the water as the around the dead body. There's like a thousand people. And again, Horribly unsafe, no. very unsafe conditions. Like yeah. those people should not be walking on there ever, and yet they crammed like a couple of thousand people on there, and it's 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 unbelievable. But yeah, all of the, like this idea of like all of these people working in unison together and mm-hmm. and and doing it like that. But yeah, it is it is um, it is epic. It really is um, an epic movie. Uh, and like we said, it's an aesthetic masterwork. And that's not, you know, there's so, so many examples of propaganda now. Left-wing propaganda, right-wing propaganda, documentary propaganda, you know, narrative propaganda, whatever, things that blend all those kind of things. How many of those, any of those, would you say, this is like a stunning artistic achievement? This is yeah. a technical masterwork. This is aesthetically so pure and amazing and groundbreaking. I'm going to go out and live and say none. Like right, what's yeah. the Dinesh D'Souza documentary <laughs> that is like a stunning artistic achievement or like an Adam McKay, like vice being like a technically flawless aesthetic, you know, so grand, like, no, not really, not so much. Right. So let's talk about the story a little bit. Uh, Battleship Potemkin, much like my unpublishable series of autobiographies, is divided into five parts. <laughs> First part is Men, Men and, and Maggots. maggots. That's Men just like your autobiography. <laughs> Which, again, much like my autobiography, is the entire subject. <laughs> Men and Maggots. This is like the seeds of mutiny on the boat this is this is and it's it's symbolic of course of like the larger you know seeds of mutiny that are going on all over russia this time they're, they're sure. talking right away about like we we should be striking in solidarity you're with our in brothers it. from the beginning you're in it absolutely you're right into it part two is drama on the quarter deck this is the actual mutiny itself unbelievable tension yeah uh, in this sequence part three is an appeal from the dead this kind of like Amidst all of these like tense and thrilling scenes, there's also just a lot of lyrical yeah. beauty, and a lot of that comes out. My in... favorite shot came out of this part. Yeah. We'll uh, get to that in one sec. Part four is the Odessa Steps. That's the Empire Strikes Back part of it. And then meeting the squadron is this tense finale. But we talked a little bit about it. Like, Let's go back to part one. Men and maggots, food. Yeah. I mean, it's just so like it's so like let's get right to it. You know, you cutting right to the heart of it. This they're not making that like okay, yeah, they want to 
be solidarity with their have solidarity with their their comrades on land and all this other kind of stuff that's the political movements that are going on but ultimately it's like the food is inedible that's yeah. what is like fully fully unacceptable and and really emblematic of this like major class divide between officers and the sailors much like there's this divide between you know in the russian society as a whole yeah you also have some of the greatest casting ever because these are fucking burly men. Mm -hmm. Like I I was like, these gotta be real dock workers or something. They all look like they could snap your neck with one hand. (laughs) Yes. And when they're running around the ship and running out on the sails and stuff, I mean, they're doing really dangerous. There's some things where it's like only an actual trained sailor would, should ever even attempt that or would even attempt that or they're climbing ladders do it like so gracefully yeah. so like so quick and so gracefully but yeah it's this meat uh covered in maggots that really like kind of lights the fuse um refusing the borscht yeah. is the revolutionary act here which is we're not going to eat it and that really sets the officers my mom would my mom just made me sit at the table till i finished (laughs) she didn't threaten to hang you from the yard arm no she never tried to gaslight me into saying that you know that's just dead fly larva as if that's any better (laughs) right i mean like that's not uh, arguably as bad or maybe even worse who knows but again this is all this is all emblematic of like it's all symbolic of yeah. like the the larger struggle of of 1905 and these first seeds of rebellion and like this mutiny is not like where the czar was overthrown this mutiny is sort of like the boston massacre oh yeah and he got quashed of their revolution yes uh, it all eventually was quashed i mean some changes were made but this was sort of the the seeds this yeah, was the exactly. like this we're not we're not going to take it anymore and we meet the captain captain gulikov who to me looks a lot like I think he's supposed to be set up to be to look like Star Nicholas. Uh, oh, the really? second <laughs> his his beard, his kind of overall bearing, his uh, uniform, and of course, from their point of view, he is so vicious. He is just an yeah. utterly vicious man. The officers are just twirling their mustaches with literally. With I was wondering if that's where it came <laughs> from. Right? Literally, a lot of. Uh, I mean, that's like kind of an old villain sort of. Yeah. Uh, Tying someone to the train tracks on the water. Uh, I don't know if it's just because I watched Hail Caesar and the whole (laughs) submarine movie thing about that. But one of these guys looks just like Channing Tatum. I could not stop seeing Channing Tatum. (laughs) 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 This long dead Russian sailor. (laughs) Reincarnated as Channing Tatum. Or Channing Tatum's a vampire. Could be. We don't know. I think as we don't know. But stay vigilant out there. So the actual mutiny itself, again, I, this to me is like the tension is absolutely unbearable. Um, this really long scene on the deck where the captain and the officers pull the men apart and the men are sort of divided. Some of them are gathering towards the cannon. Some of them have decided that they don't want to be a part of this. And it's just maybe a sign of their viciousness and cruelty. The captain is actually more cruel yes. to the sailors who are reluctant to mutiny. Yes. He he is ready to murder them in cold blood whereas the other one who which was the overwhelming majority has has moved towards the cannon, you know what I mean? It's just this small group but again it, no. it talks about the vicious and his the ability to pick on 
the weak pick on yep. the unprotected. Um, and technically, uh, it's beautifully done because it must have been shot from like the yard arm or something like that. Because all you're seeing is like white hats, a few you know black hats, and then more white hats, and it's the separation yeah. uh, of the of the classes. And the dividing line and yes. who's really causing the separation. It's really just masterfully done. If you knew nothing about it, you would it you is. Could tell what's going on. It, truly, truly. Uh, and as you said, the music supports it so well and everything else supports it so well. But it, you don't even necessarily need the music because the, the visuals, the, uh, uh, everything's so brilliantly staged and, and, uh, and shot and edited and the tension just builds and builds and builds it's this cross-cutting and going back and forth mm-hmm. between the officers and the men and the long shot uh where we see this little group and they throw the tarpaulin over them so it, the deck won't get bloody when they execute them yeah the firing squad. makes them less human yeah it just keeps building and building and then finally it really just explodes into this long sequence of just fighting all over the boat chasing all over the boat and leaping down and getting thrown off and thrown in and all over the place pretty outstanding action sequence really. right you know like the 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 strongest influence of this movie is probably on like action films and thrillers and mm. movies that really need to build tension and need to build emotion and need to like create that you know again it's the Kuleshov school of filmmaking which uh, Kuleshov Lev Kuleshov Kuleshov whatever Lev Kuleshov he's one of the co-founders of the Moscow film school it's like one of the oldest film schools in the world and he's the one who created the series of tests where he took the same shot of an actor but cut it with three different things and because of that the audience kind of put their own emotional response on it saying that he was giving a different performance in each sequence when he was actually the he's, same shot he's of hungry once he's horny once because you like, see food it, yeah. he's horny because you see a beautiful woman yeah so that's the idea of the Kuleshov school of filmmaking is that editing is designed to manipulate to elicit a specific emotional reaction in the viewer, which of course is like the roots of of propaganda, but is also the roots of action filmmaking and thrillers and just any movie that tries to build suspense or or any movie that tries to create an emotional response through editing and through through the visuals. As I said, there's this immense amazing scene all over the boat, but um, right at the end of it is where some of the most beautiful sequences um, happen in this uh, end of the second, this save Vakulinchuk sequence. Vakulinchuk is the sort of the instigator of this mutiny. And there's this amazing sequence where he, he, he dies, he gets shot in the back, but it, it, he falls down uh, the ship and the sailors kind of stream out to like pull him off of this piece of equipment and pull him back up and onto this the um, ship, which is like an amazing like stunt work that isn't really stunt work because no, it's something just... those guys have probably been doing their whole lives. But it's a it's amazing to see and it's just beautiful. It's beautiful and that starts this whole beautiful sequence as we go into part three, which is the appeal from the dead. And Quirky, you were saying that your favorite shot in the movie comes from this sequence. Yeah. So the, he they pretty much do. Not quite a burial, but a rest in state. They, he is their champion. He is their hero of this small revolution. 
and they lay them in state under a tent on a dock in Odessa Harbor and people just come and pay their respects. They just come and come to look at him and, and be around him. And there's a shot from inside the tent over the body looking out. And it's one of those death shots where you have two women kneeling right up close. You have some people standing and in coming in is all different classes, all different genders, all different, um, you know, people in various states of, of age. Um, so everybody it's bringing people together and it's looking out and you see the Harbor in the background and there's ships way in the background and it's a cloudy sky. Sun is coming down. Just a gorgeous shot. It's black and white. It's technology of a hundred years ago, but it's so evocative and just a beautiful little shot. And it really kind of like, is like, this is the uniting factor for all of us coming in. The sun is closed or the sun is going down on the old regime. This mm-hmm. is the new Russia. Yes. Yeah. And so the, the Potemkin following this successful mutiny, they, they sail into Odessa um, Odessa Harbor in the Ukraine, and they're they're um, Vakulinchuk is kind of put out for this sort of public display, and he really becomes a martyr. The people of sure. Odessa rally around the mutineers; they're gathering to view the body, thousands of people, and they're they're they are very visibly angry and emotional, and they are obviously siding with the mutineers and not with the Tsar. Well. That's not going <laughs> to, you're going to get a little bit of a, a little slap back on that from the czar. <laughs> and that's what happens in part four, the Odessa steps. And this is one of the most famous sequences in the history of film. Like if you go and you take a introduction to film class, the textbook is, is going to mention it like pretty early on. Similar it's, to it's Rashomon, one. you've seen references to this sequence in your, even if you have no idea what Potemkin is. You've seen, you've seen it in something film. You've seen it in in uh, Francis Bacon. The the artist Francis Bacon has said that the shot of the woman um, with her face kind of bloodied and and mouth agape is was a huge influence on his work. A huge influence. So it's not just in. Are you talking cinema. about the woman who gets the Mo Green special? She gets a little Mo Green special. <laughs> I mean. That's this one woman. of Francis Bacon's most acclaimed works. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it, it's, it's, the influence goes so far. It's not just in, in storytelling. It's in all sorts of visual um, mediums. It's, it's just an absolutely amazing thing. Before we get into it, though, I just want to say, like, right before it, in this part four sequence at the beginning of part four, as we see, like, the people of Odessa really embracing the mutineers yeah all people let's not forget these amazing sailing sequences no, there are like some stunning unlike no one ever talks about the great sailing sequences in in the battleship potemkin but my god it's so absolutely gorgeous yeah it's just gorgeous and it's the really evocative of like they're like this is our ship now this is mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. us we, we are bringing the fight to uh the establishment it's really yeah. that's when I that was when I cottoned on to the what the editing was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, son of a bitch. These motherfuckers can edit. <laughs> but suddenly, suddenly we see the track the car the title card suddenly. Dot dot dot. Not good. 
the attack comes from the Cossack soldiers and it just comes so quickly. There's no like build up to it. Like, you know, the tension that we've had of like all these scenes that like build and build and build and build and build tension. Like this is just like suddenly boom, like here come the Cossack soldiers. Here comes the Tsarist guys. And it just is, it's amazing. This entire sequence, the editing, these amazing tracking shots, these long shots of these people just streaming down the steps, getting shot, getting trampled. I mean, it's so horrifying, but it's just like one of the most brilliantly filmed and edited and executed things you've ever seen. I audibly gasped mm-hmm. a couple times. And I mean, it's a hundred year old silent movie. I keep going back to that, but I've never done that at a silent movie. Like, <gasps> like right. whoa, this yeah. really took me. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe in this scene. And it, oh no, and no. it pulls at your heartstrings in ways you don't even realize it's going to do. And then it does it. I mean, we're talking, like I said, all kinds, wealthy people, uh, poor people, the disabled, able-bodied, young, old, literal babies, mothers protecting babies. their babies become victims of this. And they mothers are and children. Mother carrying her wounded child is mowed down. Children are trampled. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's horrifying, and yet it's just... It's so powerful. Yeah, it's um, such a powerful sequence. Trampled, I, and I don't know how they're doing, how he's doing this, but it's just fucking amazing, man. Yeah, uh, there and that shot of that woman standing up. She's everyone's mm. killed around her, and she, you see her. She's got her glasses on, cuts away, cuts back. Now she's got one eye out, Mo Green style, blood trickling down, mm. and it, uh, like, that was probably the first time that had been done. I don't know. I'm just making that shit up, but. That's the kind of shit I'm talking about with that, or we're talking about with the editing and the montage. Shot, reverse shot, but it's like you know what happened. Mm-hmm. And it surprises you, and it it's a gut punch. Yeah. It, it's an amazing scene. The, the inner cuts between the Cossacks coming down the stairs, they are moving like a machine. Yeah. They they are moving in a, a geometric pattern, like this perfect, perfectly oiled machine. They are just coming straight down in a line. And then it cuts to the crowd and everyone is running in a different direction yeah. all at the same time. It's that cut between like this is a machine that is coming to mow you down and, and it's coming to mow down humans. Yeah. These people probably aren't human. We don't recognize these soldiers as any sort of a human in the same way we don't recognize like stormtroopers in a Star Wars movie as necessarily human, and at I'm, least in the original. I'm so glad you said Star Wars because that so- shot where the woman is walking back towards them to plead with them to stop. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the opening of Star Wars with the destroyer coming into scene, just the, the, the magnitude of the size of that ship and the small ship. Yes. Cause you don't see the soldiers. You see their shadows creeping down the stairs first. Mm-hmm. And it's like their force, their reach is so powerful. It's the impending doom is coming in towards her. Yeah. Spoiler there's alert. No, she does not. She no does, reasoning with she does it. Not too well. <laughs> Things no, don't end protest well. is, uh, falls on deaf ears. It, it really is. It's, it's, <laughs> they reject her entire proposal. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, madam, you've hot. been heard and, uh, <laughs> we are, we are offering countermeasures. <laughs> Oh, but it's an absolutely um, brutal scene. As we, you know, as I talked about, though, it's not there. That didn't happen. There no. was no massacre, and that's how powerful it is that steps. fucking people think it ha- it did because it's like nobody could make up this level of barbarity. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> it has to be real. No, it it there it, it's not fully like fictionalized in a way because there were riots sure. in Odessa. There the the city really did kind of embrace, you know, the mutineers. They really did kind of protest for them and there was some incidents of, of apparently firing on the crowd, but certainly no great massacre like we see here of of them just being mowed down by this uh, military power, but um what an absolutely but yeah, it's Brilliant. the crown jewel in this film. It's the center. Mm-hmm. It's like what it's known for and one of the most, I don't know, striking and impressive pieces of filmmaking that you could you could know. Yeah, it, it it's it's worth seeing the whole the whole film just for this. But I think you know what what does get kind of lost is like don't just don't just watch it on YouTube. You know, no, like, right? There are so many great sequences in this movie. Don't just watch that step, Odessa step sequence. You know, if you haven't seen it in a while, yeah, watch it again. Re marvel at how stunning it is. But it, this movie is filled with sequences that are are pretty close to on that level and and to other emotional responses again beyond just that. Um, the the thrill and the anger and of uh, uh, seeing this uh, horrible injustice, and even this uh, final sequence here, the meeting the squadron, it also is just another just terribly tense <laughs> buildup. In this case, unlike the Odessa steps sequence, again the Odessa. So the mutiny has this very long buildup, and then it really pays off. Odessa steps just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it just, just happens. Boom bammo just it's the bomb just falling out of the sky now here again we're getting another very very tense 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 buildup but as it turns out it's to a battle that doesn't actually happen yeah it's this triumphant ending on peace and brotherhood and allowing the potemkin safe passage um all the other sailors the other ships they either side with them or they you know mutiny against their own uh, officers to allow the potemkin to sail on brothers right brothers uh and this is like really the rhetoric on the uh on the intertitles gets ramped up like super hard in this uh, last um portion here it just says uh, you know, will they be fired on or brothers? Yeah. <laughs> that's where it goes from like dialogue that's being said mm. to actual, here's what you're supposed to be. Here's the yes. theme of this. Feel this. Yes. Uh, and uh, of course it's just, it's a powerful ending and it, 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 we've, we've seen enough uh, death and, and, and enough uh, horrible things along the way. It's, um, you know, we're ending on this really inspiring note. The ship is sails off into the sunset and that's it. The end. Yeah. Battleship Potemkin, the real life battleship Potemkin did sail off. Something similar to this did did actually happen. A lot of the Potemkin stuff is fairly fairly accurate. Um, the tarpaulin is like a detail that is apparently real. Um, and they did sail off. Uh, apparently, got a little hinky after that. Um, <laughs> you know, tried to get get to, They finally got safe passage, um, but uh, they gave up the ship and eventually sunk it. Uh, then it was brought back up and had a whole other second life. But that is for Battleship Potemkin 2. Potemkin. Back in the high seas. Season the day. I don't know. No, it's, it's gonna, they're going to go a totally different direction. It's ba- 
Battleship Potumkin with the two instead of Tim. And it's going to uh, be like Curse of the Red Swan. And it's like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean style. <laughs> They're all ghosts on the Potumkin. The Potumkin's <laughs> all ghosts. Oh, shit. You're in stuff. one. You're in a ghost story, man. Quirky, we got to write this thing. We got to write this thing. I know, right? Too many good Let's ideas get together. Let's get together and write a script. Oh, let me go back to my thing. So, Corky, that's our movie. It's Battleship Potemkin. Sounds like we both thought it was an I movie, but just to make it all official, we better rate this sucker on our slight or sound scale. Just to remind everybody, again, we've taken these films from the Sight and Sound Critics poll, the top 250, the most recent one done in 2022. And now we'll rate it and decide whether it was a sound selection or was it a little slight? And if slight, what slighted movie, not in the Sight and Sound top 250, would we put in its place? Corky, I put the question to you Battleship Potemkin, slight or sound? It is a sound selection. It goes in our canon. Uh, for me, I, I nominated for our canon for um, best films. If it didn't have the Odessa Steps sequence, mm -hmm. probably not. Mm -hmm. As good as everything else was, yeah, that puts it over the top for me. That takes it to takes it to that next level, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, for a hundred year old piece of agitprop that's stands alone as a fucking amazing piece of storytelling and uh technical film that it left me like i mean literally i mean it felt like a punch in the stomach when the, the massacre was happening happening and then when those sailors were mm -hmm. about to get executed it was just like fuck just pick me yeah. up movie come it on really <laughs> It works on you. Yeah. But Kuleshov had something there. That Kuleshov, <laughs> he, he knew what he was doing. And Sergei Eisenstein knew what he was doing, too. 27 years old, he goes fucking yeah. Kurt Cobain. 27 years old, looks like he raised your head. Spirit shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Um, so, yes, I agree. This is a sound selection, and ergo, raise the cannons. <laughs> And fire away at the Odessa Opera House where those bastard generals are meeting. Hold on, we gotta swab these cannons first. <laughs> swab them up. Get them all nice and <laughs> I don't greasy. Know if that's what you do. You swab Whatever. a deck. You, you prime swab a cannon. deck. Ah, uh, I think you swab them. I think I think everything that you do is just swabbing. you swab. You you are a swab. You they swab. call them swabbies, right? What are they? Are you, are you not swabbing things? Lana Turner was discovered at Schwab's. It's just <laughs> she's a Schwabby. <laughs> <laughs> she was Schwabbing the deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, absolutely sound. Put it in the canon along with it. And our canon's getting nice and nice yeah. and cool. We're getting uh, we're getting got some company in there finally. I, think I we still got haven't a, dropped 15, my twenty something like that. I haven't dropped my selections in there, um, like yours. Drop them. I should. Drop them. Let's get that on for next episode. Okay. Battleship Potemkin, if you're interested in watching it at home, it's only 71 minutes long. What, you got something to do? Yeah. What are you doing? It's, uh, 
a landmark piece of filmmaking. Uh, I mean, it's not just Russian propaganda. If you care about movies, Ron, again, this is like, is this a, a history of filmmaking 101 kind of thing? If you really care about movies, you, you should see Battleship. But Temkin, you can watch it on Criterion Channel. That's where I watched it. It's all over the place. It's on YouTube for free. TCM. Uh, so TCM. Yeah, check it out. Battleship Potemkin. That's what we thought of Battleship Potemkin. But tell us, what do you think of Battleship Potemkin? Did you watch it with us? Have you seen it before? We would love to hear your take. Contact us on Facebook, Instagram, Dare Daniel Pod. Tell us. Tell us if you had seen it and you like what we said or it made you go and check it out. Um, what did you think? And did you have a great soundtrack with it like I did? Because I've heard that they had different soundtracks different through the years. Yes, uh, and I think it's like the Pet Shop Boys even did their own uh, soundtrack. I read an Ebert review where he was really just extolling this band called Concrete. He watched it at an open-air screening, and some band named Concrete was doing some kind of thing. I was just like, is this a Concrete review, or is this a Battleship Potemkin review? (laughs) Get it together, Ebert! (laughs) Ebert loved Concrete, man. (laughs) And what a rip-off pavement band name. Seriously, is that what they were? <laughs> <laughs> they have a cover band called Concrete. Uh, okay, well, Quirky, we are at that time of the show. It's time to make our offering oh. to the random number generator gods. All you converts. Yeah, forced converts. Yeah. <laughs> what converts, kind? none the same. What other kinds are there? <laughs> yeah, hey, right? Uh, of course, so we've got our list on Letterboxd. It's numbered. I've got the random number generator here. So what we're going to do is I'm going to click it, and whatever number it lands on that corresponds to our letterbox list, that's the movie we will review on our next episode. It's a little bit of a gaming element. We're having fun with it here. Corky, are you ready? Yes, go for it, buddy. Are you prostrate... And have you rid yourself of all sin? Yes, I have done both of those. <laughs> I mean, it's not a prerequisite. Just ask them. I have a prostate. <laughs> yeah, I have a prostate. <laughs> Here we go. We're generating a random number. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, 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 Five, one hundred and five. It's between We're getting one hundred and four and one hundred and six. I've heard a little bit of a deep cut here from the list. Oh God, Corky! Whoa, this is a deep cut. This is a movie I have never seen before. Looks like we're headed back to communist era Russia, as it would, uh, as it would, as luck would have it. We are going to watch. By the Bluest of Seas, directed by Boris Barnett from 1936. I do believe this is a sound film. I'll read you the uh, letterbox synopsis. Yusuf and Alyosha are two shipwrecked sailors on an island in the Caspian Sea. They start working as sailor and mechanic for the fishing boats of the Lights of the Communism Kolkhoz. Here the two friends will fall in love with the beautiful Masha. Corky, by the bluest of seas. How many times have you seen it? <laughs> Never. It's one of those films where you're constantly quoting it. It's like this movie, Caddyshack. Yeah. Well, we call it. <laughs> like we call ourselves Dark Knight Rises. 
Call ourselves Blueheads of fans of by the bluest of seas. And uh, by the bluest of seas, yeah. so quirky. It's it. It feels like a a little touch of Potemkin and maybe a little touch of Lamiche mm. as well. A lot so. Of water. I'm, I'm just concerned, Dan. I'm pretty fucking into this. I'm concerned with all these communist movies that we're watching. Okay. You are a noted McCarthyist. Uh-oh. We've gone through this. <laughs> do you have conflict? Do you do you hate yourself for this? I have tried to clear this up so many times. I am a Todd McCarthyist. Right. This Senator is strictly, from Wisconsin. I am strictly... Strictly a Todd McCarthyist, the critic from the Hollywood Reporter. I didn't know that's what Not he went on the to do after from he left. Wisconsin. Yeah, that's what he went on to do after he left no, office. No, different guy, different guy. I'm a Todd McCarthyist, I've, and, and I'm a rabid Todd McCarthyist too. Let me say, I take no quarter. I take no quarter. <laughs> Oh, but by the bluest of seas. So yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, join us in two weeks. That's all we have for you on this week's show. So join us back here in two weeks. We'll be reviewing Boris Barnett's By the Bluest of Seas. Corky, if people want to watch it, this movie is actually free to watch on YouTube. Your good old-fashioned YouTube. You can also rent it on something called Pantaflix. That just doesn't sound right. Or stream it if you have Canopy. Those are some deep cut <laughs> VOD services. So I recommend going to YouTube and just watching it on YouTube. It is shit. It is a mere 71 minutes long. Again, what, you got like a million things to do? You can't watch like a landmark of uh, Soviet agitprop cinema from the 1930s? We saw one from the 20s. Let's really cover all the bases here. Come on, you spent 70 minutes on YouTube watching people watch other people <laughs> do things. You can You can watch this classic piece of cinema. Don't you want to see more like Stalin era kind of stuff? You know, <laughs> I know I do. I, I yes, absolutely. So that's what we're going to watch, and that's where you can watch it. In the meantime, follow Dear Daniel Pod on Facebook and Instagram for updates on the show, also for postings about upcoming episodes of Dare Daniel Podcasts. Please, please, please like and rate us on your favorite podcast app. That's honestly the best way you can support the show. Download us, Mm -hmm. talk about us, share us with your friends. If you're interested in donating to the show, which is another way to support, go to daredaniel.com, click the donate button, or find support the show in the menu. For Cannon Fodder, I am Comrade Corky McDonald. And I am Comrade Daniel Barnes. And until next time, you will save a seat in back row. Brothers. (laughs) Bye, everyone. See ya.